<laughs> Just when I hit the button. I'm not a spaceship. But we're recording, guys. So Outstanding. Welcome, everyone, to the Tinfoil Hat Society. Um, you're here with your host, myself, Venus, and we're with Chris Rudder. Hey, guys. I was wondering where you were there. Here I am. <laughs> We've got uh, Dusty joining us. Hi. Hi. And Salem joining us as well. Sockdraw! Sockdraw represent! Let's go! What is this? Is this, like, <laughs> is this like a fantasy football thing going on? What are we, what are we doing? Did I need <laughs> to bring a playing? hat? Did yes. I need a hat? This is, you have a, this is, you've only had me on before, Venus. This is, this is the Salem. Yeah. He's, is this, he's crazy. This is I, why we're on your that? team. Yeah. I, I have two different can openers. Do I need these? <laughs> Only Put the tinfoil back. <laughs> it's figurative, I think. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> well, now that we've all got settled down, children. No. <laughs> uh, we're going to jump into the show tonight. We're talking about um, what used to be conspiracy and is now actually known as facts. So there we go. Points for the conspiracy theorist out there. Um, who believed this long time before it was verified. Um, but we're talking about, we're going back to 19, what was it, 1942? 1943, the end of World War II. 1946. Um, when, 1946. Okay, <laughs> my ears are off. Terribly off. <laughs> I don't have a script, so I'm going off memory here. Um, I know in 1942, the, the war was still happening. 1943 is pretty much over, but yes, 1946. Um, he, um, when, after the Germans, Nazis had lost the war, um, it was conspirized that they were recruited and hired by the U.S. Army to continue with their research in, in biological warfare testing, and their research led all the way up to NASA, which they still, they, they took, they're still using it to this day. Um... I'm going to leave the floor to Chris Rudder because he is the expert on everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, whenever whenever it comes to this situation, actually Operation Paperclip um, in its conception uh, started with the OSS in 1939 with the Allies when they started trying to recruit German scientists. At that time, they were known as Nazis. And this recruitment period went on for years. Some of them were able to defect. And as soon as the Allies won the war, circa 1945, going into 46, uh, the U.S. and Russia basically split the bulk of approximately 29,000 top-level Nazi scientists. Uh, over 14,000 of them became the start of what we now know as NASA, the beginning of the space program. Um, along with the Manhattan Project, and uh, whenever the OSS turns into the CIA, uh, they had recruited uh, everybody in, uh, including uh, Von Warren, um, and uh, um, they started NASA, and um, these Nazi scientists were basically given a complete pass uh, by both the World Court and the U.S. government because of their role in developing um, or beating Russia in the space race. 
Um, so we, we brought them on board to develop the rockets and all of this other stuff. And, it, and it's uh, very well documented at this point. Um, but the it wasn't um, the Freedom uh, FOIA wasn't actually done on this until 2003. All of the paperwork going, uh, having been gone through and becoming completely public record, Operation pa uh, Paperclip wasn't um, fully public until 2012. So we're only eight years into actually knowing most of the ins and outs. Now, there's still a lot of things that are conjecture whenever it comes to dealing with Operation Paperclip. But NASA, as we know it, how it was built, uh, being stationed in Houston, the first rocket launches and everything were done, not just part and parcel, but 100% by Nazis. Yep. And you yeah. got to remember, too, Operation Paperclip didn't come around until 45, 46. Before that, it was Operation Overcast. It was Overcast, like a, true. It changed because it had a different priority at first. That was the OSS portion of it. The overcast was whenever they were working with the uh, English Secret Service uh, as well. Uh, that was the overcast portion of it. Good job, Dusty. Good reading. Well, yeah. This, well, as, so, when you mentioned you wanted to do the show, I, and Sam, I have no idea what you're talking about. I went, I do. It's because I'm fascinated by this stuff. Unfortunately, my family was on the wrong side of that war. So a lot of it, you know. It, I researched to find out why they were and what happened. I cracked a beer and said, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, okay. So, be yeah, before we get um, too, too um, off topic here, um, just so everyone is clear, um, what we did learn in history class um, when they said that these Nazis were punished for their uh, crimes against humanity and their war crimes and stuff, there were only 17 of them that were actually um, uh, that were hung or killed because of this, only seventeen out of how many? Over twenty nine thousand, and that was just of the scientific community. That doesn't include all the rest of them that ran off to Argentina. Yeah, because we we made a whole agreements that if you come over and work for us, you can bring your families, and nothing will happen to you. So and, that kind of uh, makes you think, like first Hitler. <laughs> Yeah, and the head honcho in charge of everything and developing all the protocol that was used for NASA and developing, you know, all of the uh, the beginnings of the space race and everything uh, was personally involved at Auschwitz and uh, personally involved in the uh, murder of hundreds, uh, maybe even thousands of um uh, Jewish refugees during during the Nazi installments there, and uh, there he is. Uh, there's even pictures of him. You can you can you can Google uh, the images where he's sitting there with um, Eisenhower and um, uh, shit uh, Kissinger and and all of these guys at the NASA Control Center at the launch of one of the first rockets. He's just sitting there chilling, having a cup of tea, and they yeah, all know very well who he is. Yeah, that... Kissinger was huge on all of this, and and he had like, he, uh, he killed a lot of people. Like, like um, what was his backstory? Kissinger, if anyone's familiar with, yeah, Kissinger himself. Um, so uh, yeah. he was always involved. Uh, he was uh, one of Hoover's understudies, and um, uh, was also very uh, was militarily trained. So that's the reason um, he was in with the uh, that's the reason he was there at the beginning of the OSS 
the predecessor to the CIA. And uh, he was very interested in their tactics uh, because their tactics were successful, as horrible as they were, what they did worked, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So he was very interested in how they did that, how diabolical they were, and how they actually wrote up those plans and executed them. He was a huge student of what uh, Hitler and the SS did. That's the reason he was uh, one of the leaders of recruiting all of these guys and getting the paperwork uh, signed, basically. Uh, pushing it across the line to get them brought over to the United States. It was basically vetted out that, um, you know, we need these scientific minds, as horrible of a person they are, what they can do for us in this arms race against Russia outweighs what they did, uh, which is just a horrible thing to think of now. It really is. Yeah, because they had to weigh pros versus cons. We needed to stay in the race, but at the same time, they killed all these people. I mean, they literally were seen going into concentration camps, grabbing, you know, victims to test rockets and stuff on. And yet we, we welcomed them with open arms as we wanted to be stay ahead of the game. Was that the right thing to do? That's the question. No. See, that, that's like the moral <laughs> question. But when you, when, when you think about the bigger picture, I mean, if, if, like if, we put, if we think about morally... Like morally, this is all wrong. Morally, the like the biological like research that they have been doing, um, is it still morally right? Absolutely not. Um, altogether, does it make scientific sense? I mean, like NASA. Okay, maybe NASA has done like a few cool things. <laughs> and and if you're not thinking morally or whatever, I mean, but a lot of people look up to NASA at this point. But now we have like not poison control centers, biological labs and stuff. And now it's like, man, was that a good decision? I don't think so. And if you look at it at the time that all of this was happening, NASA was not a publicly known branch of the government. And it still isn't a branch of the government. It operates on its own outside of the government. It's just considered to be part of the government. It's funded by the government, but it doesn't actually answer to anyone in the government. And whenever uh, all of this was happening, you know, circa 1946 and up until the 50s, whenever we start developing the rockets and start experimenting with shooting monkeys into space and all that good stuff, um, the 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 wizard, you know, it's kind of like the Wizard of Oz. Don't pay any attention to the guy behind the curtain. Um, nobody knew who these leading scientists were that were developing. Uh, all of these scientific programs at NASA, uh, the rocket launching and, and all the science that went in with it, the Apollo missions and, and the moon mission and everything else was all completely led by these Nazi scientists. And the most powerful one, uh, Von Werner, um, actually, it was said after after he died that um, – if, if it wasn't for his involvement with the U.S. government, them protecting him the way that they did, he would have been convicted of war crimes many times over. And so that was kept from the public eye. NASA itself was like a big secret curtain that everybody was like, okay, cool, that's our space program. But they never let anything out to the public at all. 
you never knew anything until they launched a rocket successfully. There was a whole bunch of bad rocket launches and nobody fucking knew about it until, you know, years later with the Freedom of Information Act and looking at successful launches. Then they showed the footage of these bad launches and whatnot. All of that stuff was led by uh, Warner and, and all of these other guys. It's just incredible. Someone's getting a call. Yeah, sorry, man. Let me hang this up here. All right. Cool. <laughs> Jesus. God. Like, uh-oh, we're being tapped. We're being tapped. <laughs> no, this, this is old news. The government knows we know about this. Our, our, yeah. Our, our fears have started <laughs> already, Venus. I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's my cousin. He doesn't know I'm recording. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect timing. And it, what's interesting also is that the name is literally they would pay, paper clips on fo- the files of the people they wanted to recruit, which is where it came from. Yes. It's something that simple. That makes a lot of sense. That is. I'm curious. Um, <laughs> That's legit. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. Dusty, I know you did a lot, a lot of uh, uh, reading on this. And uh, Venus, I know that you're you're heavily involved like I am whenever it comes to most of the uh, conspiracy theories. But our third party here, who is a, uh, an innocent bystander. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, if any, knowledge do you have prior to this conversation of the involvement of these Nazi scientists? Um, did, did you, were you aware of any of this at all? No, the most I knew about uh, the ingenious of Nazi scientists came down to Enigma. That was about it. Huh. Um, okay. Yeah. I have I have no prior knowledge. Nothing. So, so how do you feel to find out that all of the stuff that we all of our space race everything was based on Nazis? I don't. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. <laughs> uh, but I can understand the 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 moral, you know, standing behind it. it it's it's. Uh, to to think that we had war criminals, murderers, and just horrible people uh, assisting us in a space race that we only won because we put a guy on the moon. Like, like the Apollo missions could never have happened without the Nazis. Oh, sure, it's great. that simple. Awesome. But the Russians, they did far better than us. Without the, you know, in the early days they were eating us. Yeah, without war criminals. Yeah. <laughs> but well, uh, if we think ahead, about ahead. all this, like even till this day. Go ahead. Um, even, yeah, even, sorry. Even to this day, we still do testing on humans. I mean, look, we still have the flu injection um, that they've been doing testing on humans. And uh, the latest news that I heard, and I can't confirm this just yet, um, is that one of the women who um, decided to be a guinea pig with the um, COVID 19. Um, Oh, what's it called? <laughs> the COVID nineteen. Yeah, the COVID. I see. I'm, I'm so like. It's that time of day when I'm like, you know, I should have a coffee before I try to communicate, but it's like <laughs> it's so close to bedtime that it's like, it. don't do it. <laughs> but yeah, the COVID nineteen vaccine. She actually died two years later. So, and and look at cosmetics. We're still testing on animals and like humans. Um, we've come a little bit of a uh, farther way with um, our vegan products and our organic products and, you know, stuff that is less harmful, but we're still doing human testing. I mean, we, we can't test on a, a mass population without testing on a few humans 
to start off with. Yes, without, well, human, past- without human trials, we'll never know if anything's safe, unfortunately. We deserve you know, it. Over the past 60 or 70 years, we have found a, a way to make it politically and socially palatable to have those kinds of tests because we're not killing anybody unless it's an accident. Whereas what the Nazis were doing with their human testings was to kill people to find out what the effects of freezing someone to death was, uh, what what conditions they could actually survive or in using um, uh, gases, mustard gas and and all of the other chemicals that they tried to use, you know, with World War One and continued to develop through the Second War, you know, they they ran those tests intentionally killing people to find out what the human threshold was, so that way they could ramp up the poison or dial it back if it didn't need to be so heavy. But now we do it after you know considerable amounts of money has been poured in to the development of you know, like V was saying, you know, with cosmetics or whatnot. Um, Primarily, it's done on animals, which is unfortunate. Uh, but with some of the human testing that goes on with vaccinations and med- medical testing and things like that, you know, here in the states, it's it's as simple as here, sign a waiver, and if you complete the six week program, we're going to give you five thousand dollars if you come back every month for the next twelve months and and give us an update on what you're going through. Uh, whereas back then, what those guys were doing, you know, von Bra- uh, uh, Warner and and uh, Braun and all those guys, whenever they were running the rocket development programs in Berlin, they would uh, weekly hang uh, and execute uh, three to six Jews that were running the assembly line too slow. So just part of the building, let alone the development of it, they were killing people just outright. So we have, we have, you know, uh, commercially and industrially and with the government, we have figured out ways to make it more palatable to the, uh, uh, you know, to the masses, so to speak. I mean, there's some evils that go with it, but we can deal with it because we're not intentionally killing people like the Nazis did. But we're still doing some really heinous shit at the end of the day, like the lady that you were talking about, V, who uh, uh, tested for the original vaccine for uh I believe um, that was actually wasn't that for the H1N1 that was that that COVID vaccination that she tried to do and died from. It wasn't actually nineteen. I don't, but yeah, I think no, I, I think you're right. It was the H1N1. Yeah, this was um, simply. This was actually this week, like a few days ago. Um, she got it. I, I don't even know if it like in the past week. And two days later, passed away. And it's not confirmed, confirmed. I mean, I saw it on on one post. Um, But as far as that goes, I mean, like, we're, is it okay? Like, it's okay if people are consenting to possibly dying because they might get a $5,000 reward or $10,000 reward. Um, So if it, like, speaking about the Nazis and stuff, so if they weren't just killing people and just testing them scientifically, would a big, like, would we give them a moral pass on that? That's one of my questions. Yeah, and, and I think that's where the hard line is drawn there. You know, that key word, consent. Whether you're knowingly or unknowingly admitting yourself into a scientific procedure that you may or may not die from, if you do it with consent, that changes the moral ambigu- uh, ambiguity completely. Whereas, you know... 
the Nazis, they were just outright killing motherfuckers just to see how quickly or how they would die from this exposure to that or whatever. You know, I mean, they did it on purpose, whereas now we do it accidentally, so to speak. You know, so it's more it's more easy for the for the public to deal with. Well, I mean, it's it's give or take. You're either going to um, get the reward, reap the rewards or nothing's going to happen or you're going to die. And I mean, they, they, I'm sure that it's like one of the things that they kind of like, like swerve away from is like, look, you have like a 50% chance of dying because we're not sure exactly what we're doing. <laughs> I mean, when you go get any vaccine, they don't give you the pamphlet and they don't get, like tell you, okay, like say for Gardasil, they don't say, okay, possibly this could happen. Possibly that could happen. Possibly this. You could end up paralyzed. This could happen, whatever. It's just, no, it's safe. So, I mean, are we not being given our consent because we're not being aware of what, like, the downfalls of what could happen? Because, I mean, even if you ask a doctor, like, what could happen, they they just tell you, it's safe, I've tested it, and, like, I have to disagree with you on that, Venus. I have to disagree with you because every time I take the kids to the doctor, we talk about vaccines, they hand me pamphlets, we go through it, all the different side effects, all the things that are going to happen before I even have it administered. They do that with but, every patient. But here's, here's the key question. Here's the key question in that while they are informing you, are they also giving you the horrible truth of behind the scenes of, well, this many people died in the creation of said vaccine, you know, while we had to tweak it here and tweak it there, 12 people died before we tweaked it properly. Now that we can give it to your kids. Did they give you that information? Well, the doctors can't because they don't know that. They're not the ones who made the vaccine. Only people that made the vaccine would have that information. So I think that kind of proves the point. You're not wholly being disclosed, right? You're being disclosed what works now, but you're not being disclosed what got you there, you know? Or what's in the vaccine. Like, I've never been told once by, by anyone giving flu shots, for example, that, you know, there may or may not be fetuses in this and i know it's conspiracy right now but they're, they're not saying you know there may or may not be um aborted fetuses that we're injecting into your body when you know we're, we're seeing it all over the internet and stuff so i mean they would they won't tell you that there's not any dis- um aborted babies in there and i'm sure people have asked before and they'll just like blow it off and say it's safe so, are we still in Nazi Germany here? <laughs> like, what's going on? We have we've gone. Well, we've I think gone we've, far. we've left that reservation a little bit going into the vaccines, but I, I do believe that it does kind of tie in a little bit where we are doing some. It, it there's there's definitely some unscrupulous studying that is still being done and unscrupulous testing that is still being done that gets us to where we are now with vaccines and with science, which you can trace all the way back to the Nazis beginning with, with not NASA. We had the American public had no idea that Nazis were at the forefront of developing our space program. If our public had known, don't you think there would have been like a huge outcry to shut the whole damn thing down? Yeah. Cause you see that outcry now, like even I mean, like some things may be far fetched, some things may be a little bit off from the truth, but I mean, it all kind of started somewhere, right? And we're we're still 
as far as I'm concerned, I don't think we're still getting all the information on everything. And there's some people that do believe that we're not getting all the information on everything. They have a huge outcry. Like we have a huge population of anti-vax people. And I'm only using this for example, just because it, like it's relevant to lots of people. Like we see it all the time on Facebook or their friends, like you better get your kids vaccinated or you better not get your kids vaccinated. And so far as opinion and most people just don't know. Yeah. It's a very divisive subject now. It, it really is because whenever I was a kid, and again, you know, like I'm, I'm usually the oldest person in the conversation, uh, being fifty. But whenever I was a kid, getting your vaccines through grade school and middle school, you know, back to 1980, our vaccination shot basically was three ingredients: smallpox, measles, and mumps. And now whenever you get a vaccine, it's 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 a vaccine for 16 to 23 different things. And there's no 100 percent disclosure on how much of it is effective, how much of it do you actually need. And that's why this huge division is going on, why there's so many anti-vaxxers whenever at the end of the day being vaccinated for the right thing obviously is good. But being over vaccinated for things that you're never going to come in contact with, is that really necessary or is that good? You know, that's that's the big question at the end of the day. Exactly. And I mean, I'm pretty sure it was pretty shadow like shady when this was happening as well back in in NASA startup days and everything. I mean, you could give a little bit of information, but they don't need to fully disclose everything. I mean, like, yeah, we're starting up NASA. We have the best scientists in the world. And nobody would ever know shit. Well, back back then, communication wasn't prevalent as now. They didn't have the internet or any of that stuff, so they could actually get away with all kinds of hidden stuff because people only got their newspaper. Exactly, and that's exactly right, Dusty, is because, like, the biggest headline or the biggest writing in any articles on, you know, big headline, front page news stuff on the space program developing, especially going into the 50s, is the only tip of the cap was actually given that we have some of the leading scientists in the world. Most of them are, um, I don't know what the right term is here, uh, but for the aeronautical and space program, the best scientists from Germany, from Europe, that was, they glossed it over like that. Instead of saying, you know, hey, this guy (laughs) was, you know, Hitler's sixth guy. And I mean, he was friends of the Fuhrer. Uh, and we have him in downtown fucking Houston developing, you know, the rockets to launch with. If they would have said anything along those lines, everybody would have said, hold the presses, man. That's not happening. People would have marched on Houston, probably. Oh, big time. And you got to remember also TV was not a thing. Right. And it was in its infancy, if, if at all. People, people, got, <laughs> people got their information from going to little news bleeps in front of movies back in the 40s. He's back. And then, when, and then when you get to the moon landing, my family still had to go gather at someone else's house. They couldn't afford a TV. Yeah, so information was really limited, eh? Extremely. So the, the government didn't have any fear about having to tell anyone anything because no one could find out anyway. Is it was yeah. that, you know, it, everything was so, you know, literally what that newspaper said, you believed because that's all you had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, th- and that weird how um, 
the changeover for the country as a whole, where if you look at, you know, for most of us, the 1950s and 60s going into the moon landing, that's our parents or grandparents in most everybody's cases, how naive the country was that whatever the major news sources fed us, we accepted it not just with a grain of salt, but we accepted it as pure fact. Walter Walter Cronkite said it was so, so it's so. And we'd never questioned anything. And there were very few people who, um, you, you know, people who believed in any kind of conspiracy in the 1950s, you're probably talking a tenth of a percentile. Whereas nowadays, you know, probably, you know, 60 or 70% of the people you talk to believe in one conspiracy or another. Whereas back then, everybody completely believed the government was working in our best interest. They had the best people. They weren't criminals. They weren't, you know, these uh, uh, horrible cancers on society. We weren't putting them to our use. They, that thought never crossed anybody's mind back then. And nowadays, it's like you have to be completely insane to trust your government. <laughs> yeah, you kind of do. Uh, to, an ex- it, to trust them wholeheartedly without questioning is kind of a sign of uh, silliness or not being totally informed. And sometimes you do have to go on blind faith just for the best possible outcome. Sometimes you get put in a position where hope is the only only refuge a person has. So you have to operate on blind faith. But outside of that one percentile or whatever, you know, the rest of the 90% of the time, you got to question in some cases what what's what you're being told. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't think it's, you can't not question. Like everything is questionable. Like the intentions of the government, what they're telling you, um, the purpose, the reasons behind things. I mean, look how far, how much this like COVID-19 has been like overwhelmed by the media. I, I mean, like Sweden's like not on lockdown. They're doing just fine. And here we are in Canada, and we we can't leave our houses. <laughs> so, you, I mean, you know, uh, sorry, go ahead. Honey. Even if, yeah, even if we were to ask, like, you know, when this was happening, like, you know, how severe is this or anything? We got, we don't know. We have to take precautions and blah 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 blah. And I think now, even seeing, like, you know, we don't. These precautions are a little bit silly now that are put into place. Um, there's still no questioning it. It's like, this is here for your safety and we'll bring in the army if we have to. Like we've got, we've, we've got the army driving around big cities right now. It's pretty scary. So, but why, I mean, why like an army is going to save you from a a cold or something? I'm still trying to understand this myself. So like what, maybe people just aren't asking the right questions. Like maybe they weren't asking the right questions before. Um, I mean, it's not like you're going to get an answer, but if you're asking questions, you should probably eventually get an answer. Someone told me one time that you should always ask a question five times to get an answer, to get a real, uh, an honest answer. And those five questions, there's only five of them that you have to ask is why, 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 and why, (laughs) and you'll get your answer. Yeah, and uh, that's definitely going to be a topic of conversation we have for the show once the quarantines and everything are over, once more information comes out, being able to take a deep dive into it. 
But back to the original topic of paperclip and Nazi Germany and its involvement with NASA. Dusty, you read here very recently. It sounds like you did take a good a good deep dive on it. Out of all the information that you read, what was the most surprising to you? And um, I can't say you know earth shattering, uh, but you know what was the most surprising uh, revelation that you got from the reading that you did out of what came out of Operation Paperclip and all the Freedom of Information Act info that's come out since 2012 basically what what was the biggest shock to you out of everything you read well well to be honest not much because it was just a refresher because when it first hit the news back then i was all over it because you know again i have family history so i was just going okay let's just refresh the memory i already knew a lot of it so, so in, in your fa- in your family history, are, are you talking about back to World War II, your family fought against the Allies? Is that the deal? Yeah, yeah. My I'm a second generation American. My family came oh. over from Germany. Were, um, you, were they refugees getting away from the whole deal? Um, uh, Oma and Opa came over in the right at the tail of the beginning of the war that around. Okay. I can't try to remember, like 1940, something like that, right around in there. Um, so before the wall, okay. Okay. And they came over because Grandpa was basically told, you have to join the movement because he was mm-hmm. a cabinet maker and they wanted to build bridges. He was lucky. He actually got away and surrendered to yeah, some Englishmen everybody. that were drunk, and he came across. And then he was able to go back and get my grandmother two years later. And they ended up over in New York City basically working as servants because nobody wanted to deal with Germans. Because over here, Germans was, you know, that's the bad news because, I mean, this is a bad war. Yeah, and and during that time from late 30s all the way until the 50s or 60s, first generation immigrants or even second generation families, there were a lot of uh, like name changes going on. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's because with my family, that we actually kept her last name, but the first names changed, trying yeah. to fit in more, because nobody used their last name because they were just servants. So they it was Alfred and Margaret, not the original names, and it got to the point where they were getting scared right before my father was born in 1943 that they actually came out into Sligo County when there was nothing in upstate New York at that time, just to start over because people were starting to want to lock them up in, in our version of a concentration camps. Right. So like they we had, were doing to the Japanese, they were wanting to do that to in-country Germans back then also. Yes. So yeah. they actually had to get away. So, and at the same time, my grandfather had cousins and stuff that actually were were part of the Nazi movement and stayed that way right until the end and died doing it. Because what a lot of people don't realize is you didn't have a choice. When they came knocking on your door saying, hey, you need to join the movement, you either did or you died. It didn't matter. You know, you weren't Jewish. You had The no crazy choice. thing is, is everybody gives Hitler and the SS and the whole Nazi party from, from that time before we brought them over uh, for NASA. Everybody gives them such huge credit for the propaganda and everything and just the mass 
I don't think mass hysteria is the right term, but mass hypnosis, basically. Everybody gives Hitler so much credit for that. But what kind of gets swept under the rug is exactly what you're talking about. They went around and rounded everybody up. You're either joining the party or we're going to kill you, just like the Jews. And, and so it, it, it so wasn't a whole they, national... My family joined up because they didn't want to die. Right. So... Yeah, and if given the choice, most, you know, nine out of ten people are going to take the life path as opposed to the uh, dead path. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just human nature. Because people are always uh, like, how could the German people allow such atrocities? And it, it was pretty much do or die. Yeah, it wasn't allowed. It, it just, you know, I mean, it, it either happened with or without you. And the without you part meant you were dead. So, but because I grew up with, you know, the stories and stuff, I've always wondered why people allowed it, why it was that way. So uh, that's why it wasn't new to me, because anytime something comes out, I look at it. Your your family directly has uh, stories of these people and and how they how they came over and what they were part of like like in in your family's story you you knew about this stuff is that what is that really yeah because because my yeah well my grandparents died when i was 12 okay but i remember them always speaking german i actually spoke german because i didn't know you know because it was normal back then because you know they didn't speak very good english and Uh even back when i was little there was nobody in the area so when they passed on and I was curious how come they, you know, they spoke different. My father to this day, his W's are all V's and he was born here and I, and dad would sit down and go, well, this is what happened. This is this, this is why they came over. This is, you know, the Ellis Island. This is the paperwork. You know, it, it was just, that was part of our life. Wow. So have you, have you uh, looked into doing um, what's that family tree thing? Ancestry. Ancestry doesn't work because it works for anybody in this country and people from this country connect. But my stuff is all over there. I went on Ancestry and there's nothing I could do. Wow. So I would love to because I know there's family over there that I've never met. And I probably never will. And I probably never will. Right. Huh. I believe that Pretty was my internet connection, guys. I apologize. Oh, what was oh, that? That's all that's Chris? Chris? Yeah, that was on my end. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, it was just it, my internet was fluttering there for a second. That's okay. Because I only know one cousin that came over here back when I was like 18, and that's it. Huh. Wow. So do you know, like, if they're like still alive or anything like do you know any information about your family back in germany i i only know thurston and thurston only knows a little because a lot of the family scattered my father's convinced that uh, during that war they went to other countries just like my you know my grandparents did but nobody knows where why and that would be oh. due a whole lot to changing the name and and all of that stuff however they had to escape across the borders and nazi germany and everything and you know getting over to austria or getting over to switzerland or coming to england like if you showed up and your name was von schwarzer or whatever you're gonna fucking die and back then you know so they had to change their name some way or, or another to avoid that scrutiny um do you know of any of the name changes or anything your family took on or is that lost well, that's the thing. Our last name, 
which I'm not going to say here because, you know, yeah, of course, safety yeah. Yeah. Um, was not changed. So we, we actually were able to find the last surviving people in this country that had the last name. Unfortunately, everybody had girls. So the name has died out with my generation. Um, oh. We do know that the name, the, we do know where my grandparents came from. We do know where they met. We know the street and everything, but no one of us can get over there to look at the church records with someone that speaks German to find more information. Okay. It's, it's oh. a dream of mine, but I can't get there. And now definitely can't get there with the virus. But even before that, I can't right. afford to. But I, I know what I need. I know where I need to go. I just can't afford to. It seems like there would be some sort of correspondence that we could help take up to be able to find. Because there's got to be some, like, really cool information. Well, maybe not cool, depending on which side of the fence that you're on. But there's got to be some very interesting information uh, that could be uncovered with that, like, you know, what your family was tied in with and, and, you know, who, if any of them were the bad guys or, you know, whatever to, to, I just want to know if they're alive. Cause it's, it's interesting where most of you guys can go, Hey, this is my aunt. This is my uncle. On my mom's side. Yeah. On my dad's side, it's like vacant void. My family's kind of like that too. Like, um, my mom's side was, um, pretty much in, in Canada, like for a long time. But my dad actually came across from Amsterdam um, in, 19, well, he was born in 1942. So, like, his grandmother, well, his, my grandmother, his mom, was, like, walked to the hospital with uh, two rifles to her head by two um, German soldiers to go give birth. And then they came over shortly after that, and then her family scattered across the U.S. as well. So, pretty interesting stuff. Yeah, think about that. Think about that image, guys. Like, if if there was to be a full color, high definition video of something like that happening now, what what would the public outcry be? You know, I mean, obviously it happens in North Korea and it happens in places in China, and that's all communist and protected. But we're all very outraged by. It. But if you're able to see that scene. Like, what would everybody's visceral reaction be to that? It would just be horrible. Yeah, yeah the worst part, like, history repeats itself if you're not paying attention or anything. And that's a scary thought. <laughs> not saying right. it is happening, not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying that it's common phrase, okay? <laughs> we'll keep the conspiracy out of it. It's a common phrase. History repeats itself. And... Like, how much further do we have to actually go to get to that point, though? Yeah, there's there's not a whole lot separating the possibilities of that in a couple parts of the world. You've got the Saudis, you have North Korea, and of course you have communist China. And, uh, you know, out of those three areas of the world, something really fucked up could happen where if we don't keep our guard up, that situ same situation could pop up very quickly and easily, and then we're at war again with the rest of the world. And then you lose your sisters and your brothers, and who mm. knows what could happen or right. where you they could be. Right, to your aunt or uncle like De Dusty doesn't. You know, I mean, it's it's a very fine line that separates that from happening. You know, we're very very close or very far away from that being a reality, depending on how optimistic or, or pessimistic you are at this point in time. 
Um, you know, but the possibility is there in three or four spots of the world. And if, uh, you know, we don't do a good job of keeping an eye out and squashing, squashing the big head whenever it pops up, you know, then we're in danger of seeing it again, which is scary because we're, uh, this generation is removed far enough from world war two to miss those cues that you know they could be in stage one or two or three before we even realize it's happening because we're that far removed from remembering how it went down with with the germans yes learning history is good it's definitely something people should invest their time into um then they have so many series on netflix or anything about um operation paperclip i'm sure they have they have a conspiracy show i think on on netflix um, they have World War II in color. I uh-huh. mean, there's so many things we could do. I mean, everyone's binge watching stuff. I mean, take a moment and go watch something worthwhile. So we, we know what to look for. I mean, lots of our grandparents aren't even around anymore, so we can't even get the information from them. So we're, we're yeah, my millennial generation is just screwed <laughs> for all that. <laughs> And, and we get lied to in our in our schooling too. I mean, we, like it was fantabulous that like all the Nazis were caught and you know punished and stuff. And now we're, like we find out, like ten years after learning this, that no, your history book was wrong. Like what? <laughs> yeah. How could yeah. they lie to us? <laughs> That's why yeah, I'm very we- careful when my kids come home with their social studies homework. I look at it with them, and then we will discuss what actually happened. Because they should know. And, and how, how confusing is that for for a child to come home? Not just in your home, Dusty, but hopefully there's there's more than a couple of people out there intelligent enough to take the same approach, not to look at rewritten history, but at actual history. To have a kid come home, be taught something by their teacher who they're supposed to respect, and listen to everything they tell them. And then come home and find out what they're learning from the book is a little bit twisted or it's leaving, you know, 90% of the story out. You know, that's a very confusing learning environment for a child. It's got to be. It is. And, and when you find out the truth, it's like you sit there and like you get like this um, disassociative cognitance and you're like, well, what? <laughs> Try to put everything together. Like, no, that's not what happened. And then, you know, I think that's like a huge um, impact on the mandala effect is like remembering one thing one way, but then it changes. And it's like, well, no wonder why. I mean, it's starting to make sense, right? Are we, like, are we jumping into parallel universes here? We're not. I was like, I was like hinting at different things so that like we can like, you know, like on future shows, like, yeah, we're going to get more into this. But, you know, it, there's so many things that connect to each other as well. So you can't really not have one topic without slightly talking about another topic on top of that topic. History being uh, written by the victors, I think, is something that really takes the front front line or or. Um, it really takes the onus of the discussion of Operation Paperclip because <clears throat> at the time, whenever it was going on and we recruited or, uh, you know, stole those prisoners and put them to work for us, uh, in most of the cases, we actually recruited them. But in some of them, we actually stole a cross over here to America. Um, looking at the way it was done then and the fact that it took 
50 some odd years for that information to become public is um, a, a very it's very good evidence of the uh, virtue that, uh, you know, history is written by the victors, because if it would have been the other way around, it would just be another scientific development of the Nazis. But instead, it's something that uh, a lot of people, it, it piques a lot of people's interest to find out that the uh, Nazis were so heavily involved in our space program. And there's still more information coming out to this day, even though most of it is public information, there's a lot of unwritten history that is uh, that that still comes out and uh, makes that story disturbing and interesting, and um, just a, a really weird way to look at a significant portion of American history because the space and arms race uh, being driven so heavily by the Nazis um, is just. A really crazy thing if you sit back and actually take a look at it that we were at war with them and then we used them to develop what we needed to avoid other wars and to win the cold war and and so on and so forth it's just weird how we were able to it, it's kind of like you know the wind wind uh wind talkers or whatever that they used during world war ii the uh that those navajo indians they used to do their own language so that way the axis the enemies wouldn't be able to decipher our code. Um, you know, it's just really weird how we're, we're able to take something from the past and, and, and use it to our advantage. And that's a very American thing. It seems like. Yes. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds very right. Well, sounds she very not American. Asleep? I'm good. I, I was wondering. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I have no knowledge. What do you want? You have no knowledge. I've got no knowledge on this. I, I am a bystander. I'm an innocent bystander. So what are with, you knowledgeable on? Like, what conspiracies are you near, uh, knowledgeable on? Uh, <laughs> you like you like urban legends, and you know. Are, it. You, That's yeah, are you a conspiracy guy at all? No, he's I'm a, not. He's, a, he's an urban legend guy. I'm a guy that got pulled out of bed. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna record. We're gonna record with Venus and Chris. What do you want to do? Uh, okay. <laughs> Crack okay. Just sit back. Okay. So then the obvious question is: After hearing all of this, obviously we've looped around and jumped into other subjects. But hearing hearing the meat and potatoes of what Operation Paperclip was about is that <clears throat> is that surprising to you to know that the American government did that, or is that like what else did you expect to happen? Oh, kind of action from you or i mean is there anything interesting that you've learned or that comes out of this discussion uh i have learned that humans will just read into everything and look for their their little moral high grounds with all of it dare we admit that our thoughts and behaviors spring from the belief that the world revolves around us that's what i got out of that <laughs> yeah, at our core, we're all very self-centered. You're right. That's that's all I'm getting out of that. It's just like, oh god, we we killed people for space. Uh, okay, I get it. You know, we're we're Americans. They're the Germans, and they did the thing, and we we brought them over because they were doing the thing really well, and we wanted to do it better. Ah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's all it's all people being a bunch of idiots. Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's what it comes down to for me. It's all, you know, there's there's going to be uh, a point in our histories 
where we will not only have been dead longer than we were alive, but <laughs> the the last time that our name is ever even spoken will eventually cross a threshold where it had been done longer than we were even alive. So, <laughs> human existence is moot. <laughs> what do you want from me? What do you want from that's, me? I'm just a, I'm a, just a guy. That's a very philosophical answer. Uh, uh, that's for sure. That's that's my entire take on this is is philosophy, I suppose. <laughs> well, that's something you like to do. You like to debate philosophy. So. I suppose you do. I guess. I guess that's that's that, that that's this, math. Oh yeah. If it's if well, it's uh, numbers and philosophy. <laughs> Venus, oh, like Platonism. <laughs> Venus, you want to tie this up into a neat little bow for us, or are we at the end? Or absolutely. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so i know i know i I'm, I'm like thinking like what could be our next topic for next time um so if if you have any suggestions of what we should do i know i did drop a few um easter egg bombs that we could possibly hatch coming up um let us know in the comments or you can get a hold of me on facebook at venus chan or solar nova um if i'm banned that week um instagram <laughs> venus uncensored you can email me at venusuncensored.gmail.com um you can find me on my um realm of the mist presented had to be said with venus did i say that right <laughs> i felt it like i was talking about my butt for a second okay <laughs> uh, you can find me on my my page on facebook or you can find our new page that we just started um realm of the mist presents um, the Tinfoil Hat Society. There you go. And uh, our uh, sock drawer cr crew, let everybody know how they can find you. All right, I guess I'll do that uh, so I can get a little bit of airtime. <laughs> 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 uh, you can find me raiding Dusty's fridge because I need a beer. I uh... <laughs> don't want to know that. Oh. Uh, well, we're on Facebook as the Sock Drawer uh, Podcast. Is that did you? Did it's you the Sock Drawer. I, it's I the Sock Drawer Podcast. We, we we have the Sock Drawer Podcast dot com. Uh, if you're interested in that, uh, we're on Patreon. We're on uh, Twitter as the Sock Drawer SD. But uh, if you're really, really avid for looking for us and you want to take the quickest route, just go through Realm of the Mist. You can find Realm of the Mist uh, anywhere that quality podcasts can be heard. And uh, as soon as you find Realm of the Mist or new Realm of the Mist on uh, like Pandora and Spotify, uh, you can uh, you can look for the sock drawer from there. There, good job. Go ahead, Chris. All right, and uh, everybody can find me at What's Your Effin' Binge on pretty much every social media outlet. Just look for What's Your Effin' Binge or Christopher S. Rudder. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, I always feel like I'm forgetting one here. Uh, you can reach uh, reach out directly to us at whatyourfandbinge at gmail.com. And you can hear our podcast, obviously, where any good podcast is found. Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, Apple, all that good stuff. Anchor. And Anchor. Well, I think uh, that's that. We did it. Go team. Yay. Till next Hooray. time. Hooray for us. <laughs> Pray for us. And I, I think I will be the one who says goodbye because I'm going to hit the button right here. Boop.